The following audio is via a Skype call. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We are Mance and Mitchell. We are in your ears for the hour if our luck holds up. And of course, that wouldn't even be possible except for the Herculean efforts of he who likes to be known simply as the, the dude. dude. That's Mike Roberge. Michael, how are you today, sir? Good morning, guys. Uh, doing well, as always. Just another beautiful day here in paradise. And paradise seems to be inundated with white flakes if we go back over the last week. It's off and on, in and out, but it has been happening and making national news. Yeah, it, uh, you know, the weather in this area is so hard to predict. Some areas got just hammered. Uh, city of Seattle, not so much. And it all has to do with that notorious convergence zone. I could go on and on and on, but I won't. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> I remember hearing about the convergence zone the entire 21 years in a few months that I lived in Seattle, the convergence. So that that was about as notorious as the Kennedale Hill. You bet. <laughs> and uh, when you get it wrong, it's pretty embarrassing. It, you know, it's tough to forecast the weather in this area and they do the best they can. And I'll give them credit for that. Yes, because of all the microsystems. That's true. You could go neighborhood by neighborhood in many cases. Yeah, and it, uh, with the wind patterns and the way the, uh, the jet stream sets up, uh, you know, our weather comes in. We don't have the advantage of having a couple thousand miles of ground-based weather stations to you know, draw the data from to do forecasts. So it's much easier to predict the weather in New York than it is uh, here in Seattle just because of that darn thing called the Pacific Ocean and the lack of uh, reporting uh, data uh, sources. It never occurred to me that that's why that is. There's a lot more surprises on the West Coast than there are on the East Coast. They, they predict that right down to the minute. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the, most weather moves west to east or south right. uh, from the southwest. So, again, if you have a, a large trail to call upon, then it, it does make it generally yeah. a, little, a little bit easier. Oh, that's true. Well, there's snow in a lot of places except where we live and, and where our guest lives. That's right. Nevertheless, Puget Sound is graced this week with the aura of winter. Suzanne, how's that for a segue? Yeah. <laughs> we are delighted for the 11th time in our almost 13 years on air to welcome Pam Osley. Pamela is an author, con consultant, lecturer, and professional psychic. She is a very popular guest on many television and radio shows. She's written several books. The ones that I know about are Life Colors, What the Colors in Your Aura Reveal, Make Your Dreams Come True, Simple Steps for Changing the Beliefs that Limit You, Love Colors, A New Approach to Love, Relationships, and Auras, an infinite you, a journey to your greater self and beyond. Since 1983, she has traveled throughout the country presenting seminars and conducting workshops about the emerging human potential, psychic abilities, auras, and the power of our beliefs to create our reality. And so we are very happy to welcome her for the 11th time on Manson Mitchell, Pamela Osley. Welcome to our show today, Pamela. Hi, Suzanne and Gary. It's great to talk with you again. Eleven times. Oh my gosh, I'm getting old. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And I and I want to weigh in. In Santa Barbara, we have weather too. Here's our weather. Mostly it's mild, usually in the 70s all year round. So these are our seasons: fire and no fire. 
Oh. You know, there was there was a time when that would have been incomprehensible. Then yep. all of a sudden it would seem like an exaggeration once it happened a few times. But now from what I gather, and it's been a long time since I've been to California, Pam, it seems that it's become pretty much a fact of life. That's tragic to me. It's really sad. You know, when I first moved to Santa Barbara in 1971, we probably had a major fire here once every 10 years, 8 to 10 years maybe, right, at most. Now they're happening, it seems like, every 10 months, you know, if that, if even that long. It's, it, it's, it's a little crazy, but it's still beautiful. I'm just like Mike said, I'm living in paradise, too. I'm looking at the ocean and the mountains and the green, and it's absolutely stunning. And uh, no fires. <laughs> no fires. Okay. Well, we have no fires here, too. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the no fire zone. Yes. We um, we're interested in talking to you today, especially since we've gone into not only just the new year, but the new decade. And so we've been talking about the new decade. What is the how what are the twenties gonna be like compared to the tens? And you know, it seems like there's always the opportunity to make things new. And so you're the perfect person to come on and talk about how to make things new again. And what I'm most interested in, or kind of intrigues me, is the idea that, you know, when we incarnated, we came in at a certain frequency, that we are electromagnetic. And so when when we incarnated, we came in at whatever frequency we decided to come in at, and those frequencies, just as though you were looking at the color spectrum, from you know uh, infrared to ultraviolet, you know somewhere in there, there are a lot of colors based on the frequency of of those colors, colors and sound and things like that, and we actually have a couple colors that we've come in with. So I wanted you to talk a little bit initially about what what are auras? You know, how what have we what are we in in terms of being colors that are close to us? What is what are our electromagnetic fields all about? I love that you took that approach to how we came to the planet. <laughs> that is so cool. Um Yes, so basically the aura is an electromagnetic energy field that radiates off of actually everything. And around people, um, yeah, we're vibrating. Well, it's all energy and vibration anyway, right, guys? I mean, that's what Einstein said, E equals MC squared. Basically, matter and energy are the same. So basically, we're all energy. So what I've noticed is there's different colors of bands out from people. And just what you mentioned, Suzanne, the one or two bands of color that are the closest to the body, and it encircles the body all the way around, almost like an eggshell around everything, except for it's light. And the one or two bands of color, now this has been my experience. Other people see and experience the aura differently, and that's okay. Different healers see it differently, experience it differently. This is what I see. This is what I've encountered a lot of people that see the same things that I do. So the one or two bands of color that encircle your entire body that are the closest to your body are what I call the life colors. Those reveal the reason you came to the planet, your life theme, your life purpose, your personality type, how you are in relationship, what's important to you in relationship, what you need in relationship, careers that are going to be the most fulfilling for you. Based on It basically presents 
who you are. So even how you see and perceive money, potential health issues, and how you can stay healthy, each one of the different aura colors reveals a different thing about you. Now, when people say, well, I thought the aura changes all the time, that's how I perceive the outer bands. Most people have about six feet of bands out from them. Violets a lot of times have bigger auras because violets want to affect the masses. So a lot of times they have larger auras. Um, And so the outer bands, in my experience with the aura, those are the bands that change all the time according to what's going on with the person at the time. So, for example, if somebody's really angry, then a lot of red shows up in the outer bands. But that's a temporary band in the outer one. So once they stop being angry, that red disappears. That's different than a red life color. That's a, a person's personality that sticks with them their whole life. So, again, um, it just shows what you came here to do. It reveals that kind of like astrology or numerology or palmistry or iridology. Those are just um, ways that we can, if we get here, which most of us do, we get here and forget why we came. <laughs> it's like Then we can look at our aura colors or our astrology or numerology and go, oh, yeah, that fits me. That's right. That's what I came here to do and be. So I don't feel like it runs us. It doesn't control who we are. It reflects back to us what we've chosen to be and do in this lifetime. And I still believe we have free will, you guys. I'm a big proponent of free will. Well, all three of us have yellow in our orange and yellowstone, like being told what to do. So I don't limit people by saying you have to be a certain way. It's just, it's just reflecting and reminding you what you decided to do when you came here. That was a long-winded answer, wasn't it? I love it. No, I, I hung on every word, Pam. When you say that our auras extend out approximately six feet, I wasn't thinking it was that much. But if it's six feet, are how the first couple of bands, are, are they larger or smaller than the outer bands? Oh, everyone's different. So, for example, tan. Okay. And Gary's got some tan in his auras. He's also got that yellow, and he's got some of the violet, and he's got a little bit of tan in there. When I've encountered people that have tan auras, Tans tend to, again, not Gary. Gary's not, not mostly tan. He's only got a little bit of tan. When I see people that are predominantly tan auras, they tend to keep their information and thoughts to themselves. They, they predominantly live in their heads. So their auras are typically more condensed or contracted close to their body. So sometimes when I've seen someone with a tan aura, it can be out like six inches, eight inches. You know, it's very condensed. Um, or when I see people getting into, like, elevators or tight places. It's so funny to watch everyone contract their auras so they can all be in the elevator together. It's really cute. Some people, their life colors are really condensed and the outer bands are really wide. It's, it's, all, it's all different with each per- person. And some, per- some people, when they, they're really living their potential, they're wide awake, they're having fun, they're really engaged in their life purpose, their life colors, the two colors closest to their body, can be really big. I've seen people on stage speaking or performing, and boy, those auras can, you know, be like 12 feet, 20 feet. I mean, you've probably experienced you walk into a room and somebody's basically just filling up the whole room. You can feel their energy clear across the room. So yes. everyone's different. Yes. I have as well. That remind, Here's my opportunity to ask this of Pam Osley. If you put yourself back in 1964, Pam, and here come the Beatles. 
They're on Ed Sullivan. They come to America and the follow. They had a couple of tours in 1964, as I recall. Then they came back in 1965, which was even bigger. They filled Shea Stadium, baseball stadium, with all of that going on. With your ability, which I do not possess, but with your ability, if you were watching those four men, those four personalities and the synergy they formed in an unprecedented way, what would you be looking at? How do you think that would have looked to you? I love that you used the Beatles as an example because they're all yellow violets. And violets typically have big auras anyway. Now, Ringo's added some tan in his aura. John Lennon had a red overlay, which is a whole other subject. So watching them, that's why you can feel so amazed with people that create that kind of synergy. You get a bunch of violets together, and the energy is huge. They start working together. or they, Violets have a lot of charisma. They have a lot of power, a lot of passion. They're here to affect the masses, where tans or yellows, yellows are like, oh, I just want to have fun. I just want people to like me. And so their orcs get bigger when they're, when they're healing people or when they're making people laugh. But otherwise, they're just like, no, nah, yellows can get shy or like, I don't need to be center of attention. But violets are almost always center of attention. So you get a bunch of violets together like that, and the energy is huge. That's why so many of them are performers. And like Sonny and Cher, for those of you that are old enough to know who Sonny and Cher are, they're both violet yellows. The Beatles are all violet yellows. Spielberg and George Lucas are violet yellows. So when you get them in the same... Um, energy, and you, they start discussing their visions, because violets talk about what they see. Like, this is my dream, this is my vision, this is my passion. Their auras can get really big. So when they're together and they're really clicking and they're performing, the energy field around them, well, it's pal no, it's <laughs> detectable. I was going to say palatable, but <laughs> it's a hard word to say. The energy just gets huge. That's why so many people, when they see violets on the screen in the movies, and then they get to see him in person. It's like, oh, my gosh, you're a god. You're a hero. Oh, my gosh. You know, because they're bigger than life. Now, sometimes when the Beatles performed, I could tell that they were not happy with what was going on. Um, they were uh, more guarded because either people were screaming or they weren't happy doing what they were doing, in which case their auras will not be as big. They'll just condense them or contract them. Just because either they don't feel safe or they're not happy with what's going on. So, and again, you can feel the difference. We, and that's the thing I like to point out to you guys. Thank you for sharing this. It's like even if people can't see auras or energy fields, I guarantee you the majority of people have felt them. That's why you can be around somebody for the first time and either like their energy right away and go, oh, I like this person, I feel comfortable with them. Or certain people you get around, you go, oh, I don't want to stand next to them, I don't, I'm not comfortable. You're feeling their energy field, you're feeling their aura. And the number one color that is the best at that are yellows. Yellows are very kinesthetic, they operate from their bodies, from feeling, from touch. So they're very affected by other people around them because they can feel it in their bodies. But we've all felt it. Haven't you guys, right? You've all done that. You've met somebody oh, and goes, yeah. I don't feel comfortable with this person. They're bugging me a little bit. You're probably either picking up something in their energy field that is not positive, or the other thing is you're not compatible with their aura colors. There's certain aura colors that have a harder time, personalities that have a harder time getting along, like yellows and greens are exact opposites. So oh, they're really? not always comfortable being around each other. 
Well, that that is so interesting. You anticipated something else I wanted to talk about, and that is, you know, in family groups or in any groups, it, it could be a work group, could be any group. You will have people if you if you're saying that your aura goes out at least six feet, and with some people it's even bigger than that. Then there would be people for whom you're being close to them within a six foot range would be very, very comfortable. And there, there must be some, um, use the word synergy, which, which I think of as working together. But what about if you're just in close proximity to somebody who has a very compatible aura color to yours? Is there some benefit to hanging around somebody who nurtures you in that way? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and I'm sure you've all felt it. There's people that you just get around and you go, oh, God, I feel better. I feel healthier. I feel more optimistic. I feel more positive. Now, having said that, Suzanne, all of the oracular personalities have a positive, what I call in power, meaning they're living their potential. They're living their positive qualities. And then what I call out of power, instead of using the word negative, every single one of the oracles has a positive side and a negative side. And so you can be around somebody who has compatible aura colors with you, but they're doing the negative side of their aura, in which case that's still not comfortable to be around. You can feel it. You can feel that there's something off. They're out of power. They're, they've got negative energy coming off of them. So even if the aura colors are compatible, it's not necessarily comfortable to be around them if they're out of power or negative. Or it could be that those outer bands have shifted in a color, which doesn't feel as good. If your outer bands change in relation to your emotional state, then it could be that your, your most outer band could be something which is very incompatible with what's going on. And I would guess, and you can, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but I would guess when you see two people yelling at each other, those both of those outer bands are red. Yep, yep, yep. And people are not comfortable being around red, um, red the outer bands of anger, and they're also not comfortable being around somebody who has a red overlay. And red overlay, there's three different reds. One just in, you know emotional reactive. Okay, there's a red overlay, and people are not born with red overlays. They put it around them usually in childhood for protection because they either felt physically, mentally, or emotionally abandoned, rejected, abused, or they had a life-threatening situation where they almost died. Then they put red around them in the outer bands, like Steve Jobs had a red overlay, and John Lennon had a red overlay. Um, they're not healthy things to carry around, but people can feel it. We're all sensitive to that kind of... It, it, it either shows self-sabotage, um, so they're taking anger out on themselves, or it reveals a lot of anger, and people are not comfortable with that energy, and they're not sure why they don't like a person or they're not comfortable, but it's that red overlay. That's different from a red life color, and that's a personality type. And even then, not, not, people are not always comfortable around a red. They're very strong personalities. Um, Sean Penn's got red, is a red um, life color. Lady Gaga, Madonna, um, Marilyn Monroe, she was a violet, I mean, a red-yellow um, uh, Russell Crowe, they're all red personalities, and sometimes they can be a little intimidating to be around. It's I can see where that would be the color. case. 
there's someone I let me give you an example from history. And there there are people listening to this show that have no recollection of Bobby Kennedy. Mm. But Robert Fitzgerald Kennedy was someone who was charismatic, Mm -hmm. as was his brother before him. Certainly true. Mm -hmm. He also had a lot of enemies. His enemies regarded him with the most oft used word being ruthless. They thought he was a dirty politician, that he could butcher people uh, verbally and and stab them in the back in order to get what he wanted. And yet he would go out and and he had throngs of people wanting to touch him, wanting to be where he was. When you look at someone like Bobby Kennedy, I think he is a special example of a certain type that even among those who are not famous or especially ambitious are going to carry with them the kind of aura that simultaneously attracts many while repelling others. Well, I love that you're bringing up these examples. Um, Both John and Robert Kennedy were violet yellows, and violets are very charismatic. They're very, like, people are drawn to them a lot. However, violets can also push people's buttons, because violets like to speak the truth. Oprah's a violet yellow, Cher's a violet yellow, and there are people that love Oprah and Cher because the charisma and the truth and you know, they're just, they're, 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 they're out there telling the truth. But uh, there are also people that don't like violets to tell the truth. Violets can be considered troublemakers. Elvis was a violet yellow. The Beatles, again, violet yellow. So some people are like, oh, my gosh, there's something charismatic and truthful about you. And other people that go, no, 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 you're not here to change my world. You threaten me. It scares me. I don't like you. The truth you're telling is not my truth or you're, what you're saying is upsetting me. So... A violet is num- the one of the number one aura colors that can push people's buttons <laughs> because they're so big and so real and so out there, <laughs> so truth-telling. So, um, yeah, you're exactly right, um, that Gary, that people, they're drawn to some aura colors and not with others. I, I'll like, tell you, Pam, I have, for many, many years, I have been the kind of person who sees this phrase, and it's as old as the hills, go along to get along. To me, it's almost like surrendering to the social circumstances that surround you. It's like a a decision, whether conscious or unconscious, to play the game and thus indulge a sham. And I'm being judgmental here, I admit it. But when you go along to get along, in the face of truth that you feel strongly and that you wish to express, if you don't express it, I think all of that energy gets turned in upon oneself, you'll make yourself very ill. Yes, yes, and unfulfilled. And that's the problem out there. And everybody's different. All There's 14 different aura colors. They're all different personality types. Some came here to be shy and reticent and quiet and, and not be out there. And others came out there to, like, really make a difference. Other people like blues, they're rescuers, teachers, counselors, nurses. They want to help and nurture people. Um, and so everybody's got a different way of doing it. So the reason that I even talk to people about the aura colors is to help people live their life purpose, is to help them help validate who they really are so they can live their authentic life, um, so that they're happy and fulfilled. Because when people think they're supposed to get along or fit in or do what their parents said or society said, um, they're not happy, they're not fulfilled. And that can also be quiet souls. That they're, you know, and they don't want to be out there and talking to people and, and, and being big, and their parents are pushing them, get out there, you need to go be successful, you need to make a lot of money. And these people, some of these souls, don't care about money. It's not about driving money. So 
It's to help people feel validated and learn to live their authentic nature. That's what helps people stay healthy and happy and fulfilled. Thank you for that answer. Yes, thank you. You know, earlier you were talking about um, knowing your aura as as being on a... uh, one of the tools in the toolbox, you can use astrology or numerology or um, palmistry or any number of things, and auras is one of them. And, and auras really kind of intrigue me as we have found out that people in and of themselves are electromagnetically uh, inclined or based or have that in them. And one of the things I was reading about in Infinite You is that that color, that aura, disappears when we pass on. So then when you when you have your, your deceased body there and the soul has left, then the aura colors have left with the soul. And, um, and so I, I, it's just curious to me. It seems like the, the aura is definitely part of your life force. And, and in that life force, certain things, as you said, about the personality, if it's, if it's close to you, or maybe about what it is you're going through if it's in those bands that are a little bit further out. And, uh, and I want to talk more about the different colors because I, I find it so fascinating. And I thought maybe we would just go ahead and take our break early take a deep breath and come back with more about what the colors uh, indicate and how you can really benefit from knowing your aura colors and how that can work best for you in 2020. New decade, new way of perspective, new way of looking at your life. How does that sound? Sounds like fun to me. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's go ahead. I know there were a couple of people that wanted to get in on the phone. And I have, and and Suzanne now, as she's looking at me, her head drops like, oh, my God, he said it. But the fact is, there are people that want to talk to you, Pam. And at the same time, I have a dilemma. Because when we get into these dynamic conversations, I don't want to interrupt the flow by taking a bunch of calls, though they might be very helpful to specific individuals. They tend to interrupt the conversation for someone like yourself and are attempts are hampered in trying to get out the word to the masses. We're on the air after all. And so I don't know, Pam, what do you think? If we get one or two people to call in in the next half hour, are you okay taking calls or would you rather continue the conversation? What makes you feel most comfortable? That's fine. I mean, you're right. When I get on a roll and I start, I want to reach the most amount of people. So being able to describe the different aura colors, and we haven't even talked about the era that we're in and what aura color that is and maybe where 2020 is going and all that. We definitely but want if, to get to that. Yeah, if um, if you want to use a couple people as examples, that's great of the aura colors as long as um, we get okay. to focus mostly on the stuff that's going to affect the most amount of people. That sounds that's good. Great. We'll make room for a couple of phone calls, a couple of lucky individuals will get to interact with you. Other than that, we'll... Keep up the conversation because I'm sure everyone will agree that we are learning a lot today in our conversation with Pam Osley. So give us a couple of minutes. We'll be back. More of this talk about auras and what they mean to you and what they mean to the world around you when Manson Mitchell return. You're listening to AM 1150 in Seattle. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. 
staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. Or if that resume was from someone who... Worked 12-hour shifts at the recycling company with my dad, who's 72. That taught me a work ethic that I carry with me every day. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone... Growing up where I did, a lot of things could have gotten in the way of my goals. But I learned to push through, and that's what I bring to work every day. So maybe it's time we look beyond the resume and look to grads of life. Discover new ways to develop great talent that are so much more than what's on paper at gradsoflife.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Christopher Renstrom, astrologer extraordinaire, with a little something something for all the sun signs. On Saturday, Lauren Archer, Puget Sound hypnotherapist, talks about using your innate wisdom to make 2020 your best year ever. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. The following audio is via a Skype call. Today's episode of Manson Mitchell is brought to you by the color green. (laughs) We are so delighted to have Pam Osley with us for the 11th time in our 13 years on air, although she didn't start with us the first time until 2012, believe it or not. And uh, Pam, if people would like to connect with you, uh, what is your website? How can they reach you? Maybe they want to find out more about that or get your books. How can they do that? Um, My website is auracolors.com, A-U-R-A colors, C-O-L-O-R-S.com. And there's a free quiz. There's a free aura color quiz and free videos. So People can go find out what their aura colors are. Just take the quiz, go, and then it'll lead you to your aura color video. You can watch that. You can read stuff. I've got tons of stuff on that website, auracolors.com. And it sounds like if people go to your website, they can find out their aura color and a little bit about their personality and, and themselves in a way that will put a toe in the water if they're not already familiar with auras. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got all kinds of stuff in there. And I even do um, private reading. So if people want to one-on-one, I'm happy to do that, too. Oh, that's excellent. I love that. I'll throw this out there just as part of due diligence. 
425-373-5527. That's from anywhere. 425-373-5527. Toll free in Western Washington, 1-888-298-5569. Pam, I just wanted to ask you very quickly. Let's say you're in the hunt. You know a little about this from way back when. You're looking for a soulmate. You're looking for compatibility, for simpatico. And if you're going to do that, and maybe you do not have the innate ability to read auras, how do you become more sensitive to other people and at the same time become more sensitive to colors and to the projection of energy in seeking a soulmate? Cool. <laughs> That's a big question. Um, so first of all, let me tell people I wrote a book called Love Colors, helping people understand which aura color personalities they're going to be the most compatible with even how to find somebody with those aura colors, because I know where they live, where they hang out, what they do, their hobbies, you know, what they're into. So I give a lot of helpful advice in that. And then also what I tell people is I've got a lot of information about all the aura colors. Once somebody learns about the colors, and I describe their personality, habits, their traits, how they talk, then it's really easy. I've got so many people now that they know what another person's aura colors are, even if they can't see them, because they can tell by their habits, their talk, what they do um, for a living, what kind of career they're drawn to. It's like, it's amazing. Once you really learn the personality types and their traits, it's, it starts being really easy to identify people. Like, for example, violets talk 100 miles an hour. <laughs> it's like, 150, okay, let's go. Da, 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 da. They're big. <clears throat> they're always talking about what they see and their dreams and their visions. Um, tans typically talk very slow, very, no, detailed. Step one, step two, step three, very logical, very analytical. I usually see them being engineers, bookkeepers, computer programmers. It's all about the facts, the logic, the details, the, you know, and, and they'll talk that way too. So it's really easy to identify tans after a while. They've all got their qualities that once you understand about aura colors and the personality, it's really easy to start identifying them. One of the things that intrigued me in your book, Infinite You, had to do with how you can use aura colors to benefit yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and that is how you can get things to work for you to, to stay physically, mentally, and emotionally healthy you, you say, if, for example, if you're a yellow, spend time in nature, exercise, mm -hmm. eat healthy, get a massage, laugh. And then I wanted you to talk a little bit about the other colors in the same way. If you go to auracolors.com, you take the test and you see that your life color seems to be this or that, then, you know, what kinds of things can you do if you are, um, you know, a different color that is is best for you, if you're a green or if you're a violet? Good question. That's why I've written so many books on all this. So, yes, each one of the aura color personality has a different way of becoming happy, healthy, fulfilled, um, and keeping balance. And so I've written all about that. But, for example, you just talked about yellows. Yellows, actually, they do best when they're out in nature, that's where they heal. They can't really meditate. They can't sit still long enough to meditate. But if they're walking or hiking or walking on the beach or exercising, that's their form of meditation. That's how they calm down and connect. So just what you said, because yellows are more physical. Nature, exercising, 
staying away from addictions because yellows, when they're out of power, are the number one most addictive personality on the planet. So they need to watch out for drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, caffeine, chocolate or sweets, overeating. When a yellow does that, I know they're, there's something bothering them. They don't know how to fix it. So they tend to avoid conflict and they go for those addictions. And keeping a sense of humor is imperative for yellows. Yellows, if they can laugh about something, they can stay balanced and survive almost anything. Now, <clears throat> if you have blue in your aura, you cannot tell a blue to go out and exercise. Blues don't like exercise. They like to, you know, listen to spiritual things or go to church or pray or meditate or help other people. So the things that work for blues, they are number one, the most intuitive and psychic of all the oracles, um, blues, violets, and indigos are the most psychic. So what helps the blue staying centered is getting quiet and connecting inside with source, with God. There, blues have known that there's a higher power ever since they were little. So when a blue starts connecting with that, it helps them. Blues have to get out of victimhood and martyrdom. They start telling their stories about how awful everything was and look what this person did to me. So that's not healthy for a blue. And if a blue gets really emotional, because blues are also the number one most emotional color on the planet, Blues can, I'm a blue, I'm a blue-yellow, so blues can watch commercials and cheer up. <laughs> if they're in the room with somebody else crying, they'll start crying with them. So number one thing for a blue, if they get really depressed, really sad, really lonely, because blues want love, love is the number one thing for blues, love and spirituality and helping others. So what, if a blue gets really low, then I tell a blue, you've got to get out there and help somebody else, listen to somebody else's problems, help them, help them. That's the best way for a blue to get out of their depression or sadness or grief or loneliness. So you see, there's, if you tell a blue to exercise, they live from the heart up. They don't want to go exercise. Yeah, um, I get well, that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, greens? Greens are the type A mover and shaker, workaholics on the planet, go, go, go. They want to accomplish. They want to make money. They like to learn new things. They're the CEOs, the corporate, the real estate agents, the business people, the the, the entrepreneurs, so they're workaholics. And when greens get out of power, um, they, everybody's got a different way of getting health issues, by the way, which I'm not covering right now because I'm talking so fast. Um, but greens are the first ones to get stomach problems, digestive issues, heart attacks, tight neck and shoulders because they're workaholics. So <laughs> greens, even if I tell them to go to the gym, They'll get there and be working out on that treadmill or that stationary bike, and they're thinking about what they're going to accomplish. They got to get back to work, and they got to accomplish this. So, for a green to get in balance, number one, they have to figure out what they want. Because when greens are out of power, they blame, they're critical, they're judgmental, they argue with people. They're very difficult to be around. So, for for a green to get back into center, number one, greens have to figure out what do you want. Stop blaming everybody else. Figure out what you want. Make a plan because that's where greens thrive is they, they're planners. They make plans. And then what I tell a green to do is and make a list. Once a green starts making a list, the greens are list makers. Anything they can put on a list, they can accomplish. And then take action. And that's how greens, um, you know, get back-centered. You can't tell a green to go take a vacation, go relax, go, you know, Go on vacation somewhere because they're like, I've got too much to do. I can't do that. If they figure out what they want, make a plan, write a list, take action, not blaming anybody else, they get back centered. They feel better. Now they feel like they're, because they have control issues. So now they feel like they're in power. 
they see everyone's got a different way of doing it, right? Yes, they violets, do. Violets have such big visions. Violets came here to help save the planet, to shift the consciousness of the planet. They're leaders. They're visionaries. They can do it through the media, through art. They're writers, performers, musicians, or they can get into teaching or psychology or the uh, or, uh, and violence get in the media, or violence get involved in causes or politics and law. They have to play big. They've got a big mission here. So violence can get very scattered. There's either 20 things they want to do or they don't know which way to go next, or they can be told very commonly that they're unrealistic dreamers. And if violets don't live their vision, they, they're the number one color to get depressed. They are the number one color that can just start. I mean, there's a lot of suicidal violets out there right now. Violets and greens are the ones that commit suicide the most. But violets can get very wow. depressed. Yeah. People who Be- think deeply and feel deeply don't want to feel like they're wasting their time in this body on the planet. I think that... It, that's the nutshell version. You don't want to feel like you're wasting your time or that you're shouting at the wind. There's that's an exercise it. in futility. I, and I, I think that a lot of violets, and to the extent that it's a part of me and many people I know, you just don't want to feel like you could go ahead and use any uh, any cliche that you want, beating your head against a brick wall, uh, mm-hmm. relieving yourself in the wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All those sorts of things. Where is like, why am I doing this? I speak my truth. I back it up. I can document it, and still I am not believed. There's so that becomes a deeply frustrating experience of life. I don't know. It makes you think that there's something to be said for reincarnation because if this isn't working, I'm going to come back with a different color and try it again. Pam, <laughs> there is somebody like a violet. <laughs> there you go. We have a reverend. We have a minister with 50 years of experience who is quite intrigued by what you have to say. And so why don't we bring her on? And if we have no other calls, this would be definitely one to entertain. Oh, we have a second one? Okay, maybe we can fit in two. We've got about 15 minutes to go. So I'm let's go ahead and... how violets can stay centered and, and because it's important for violets to stay centered. Go ahead. Beautiful. Okay. Mike, would you bring up Reverend Lisa from Sarasota? Hello, Gary and Suzanne and Pam. Hi, Lisa. I am totally fascinated, totally fascinated by this. I'll be quick. So my question is, being a minister and a teacher, do thought forms affect the the auric colors? That's one question. And the second one is, when we're doing healing and we send these colors, are we mucking up the aura? Great questions. Now, now when you said thought forms, what does that mean? What, what's your definition of that? Well, our belief, belief system, as you know, in metaphysics is if we yes. have a thought, that, that yes. thought form is hanging out there in the etheric and in the ether. Yes. So I was wondering, with the auric field, especially when the auric field goes out, um, how much does that affect the auric field, um, the auric uh, prob- colors? Probably when somebody's sending out, when they're envisioning it, this, um, what color hair and eyes do you have, by the way? What color, what? Hair and eyes. My eyes are blue. My hair is like a white gray, I guess, was right it, now. Was it but dark? That, but I was always blonde. Blonde, okay. <clears throat> well, 
you, you've got blue, yellow, and violet in your art, just like I do. Oh. <laughs> so blue, yeah, blues are teachers, counselors, and nurses. They want to help people. Yellows are natural healers, and they're curious, and they're stubborn. They're pleasers, but they don't like being told what to do. And violets oh, want to reach the masses. And violets can manifest anything they can visualize. Right? Violets come from the third eye. So when oh, I see, Yeah, when I see a violet expanding their energy field out there to manifest something, yes, mm-hmm. it affects the aura. It gets big. It gets big because you're projecting out into the ethers or out into energy, and that's a whole other conversation about energy and who we really but, are and but, what's but, really metaphysically. But, I would love to have conversations with you. I know, that. and that so fascinates me because I, I teach my students, please project out via the pineal, the third eye, project yep. that color. No, I've definitely got to call you. Yeah, That's how violets talk. So anyway... So, yes, it affects the aura. And simultaneously, if people are projecting out anger or rage or frustration or whatever, that also affects the aura because it can either block it, it can, it can um, uh, confuse it. So, yes, anytime, our thoughts and beliefs and emotions absolutely affect our energy, both inner and the outer that we're presenting out into the world or projecting out into the world. Now, when you, you say if we're sending out healing energy to heal someone, does it muck up their aura? Oh, no, 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 not at all. It, when you're sending out Good. healing energy, what you're doing is, is, is sending them loving energy, sending them healing energy. So in all honesty, unless the person doesn't want to receive it, you can actually help them heal their energy just with those thoughts, those projections, those intentions. So you're not Wonderful. messing somebody up. And by the way, no one else can have an effect on somebody else, positive or negative, without that other person either really wanting it, accepting it, or being in alignment with it, because you may be sending out beautiful, loving, clear intention, healing energy to someone, but if they're, if they're done, if they go, I don't want to be here, you know, I'm, too, I'm, I'm done with this place, as much as you're sending them love and peace, which can help them, they still might want to leave subconsciously, even if it's not conscious. Yes. I, I agree. I have I love listening to you. I'm definitely going to call you on your private line. Oh, great! Right. I love it. And are you from uh, England? Yes, London. I, yep. I love it. I love it there. It's so cool. Yeah. No, I look forward to talking to you later. Okay. <laughs> Thank Thanks you for calling in. Thank Bye. you for calling, Bye. Lisa. Before we go to our next caller, I wanted you to complete what you were saying about what violets can do to uh, come back to center. Well, you have a lot of violets listening to your show. That's why I wanted to give them some tools. Yes, Um, Because a lot of violets out there have not felt seen or supported their whole life because most people don't understand violets because they have such a big dream and they need freedom and they need, you know, they they prefer to be supported. They need wind under their wings. Vital for violets. Number one at the top of the list for violets is meditation. Now, I don't mean you have to sit in a corner and ohm because if you violet and yellow, yellows have a hard time sitting still. It's to connect with your your third eye, your vision, your heart and soul, and something greater than you, the, the higher consciousness. And once you align with that, you get to validate your vision. You get to see what it is, where to go, and how to connect with source. So number one for violets is meditation, alone time to connect. Now, uh, another tool that's helpful for violets is music. They're very affected by music, but it's got to be inspiring, empowering music. Another one is being around mentors that they can be um, affected by to see what's possible. Be around the people that, that are doing what it is you want to do so you can see it's real. Violets are very affected by the people that they're around, and if they're around small-minded people, they're going to think that's reality. A huge thing that helps the violet, huge, is travel. Because if violets get stuck in the little box, 
they think that's reality. That's all I can do, get a regular job, do computer programming or be a secretary or whatever. Then a violet doesn't validate their, their dreams and visions. Violets are global. So if you can get out there and see the world, even if you're just watching it on television or something, or, but it's better for a violet to experience outside the box. So it validates that there is more to the world than the little box you're living in. You see other cultures. You learn from other people. That's really powerful for Violet. Oh, I just love that. I just love that. We have one more caller that I I would like us to take uh, quickly, and then I've got some more questions for you, Pam. So we have uh, Jean on the line from Kirkland. Jean, hello. Say hello to Pam Osley, and do you have a question for her? Hi, Pam. Yes, I'm just um, in the middle of a trauma, hopefully near the end, but maybe in the middle, and I was just wondering for some advice. Thank you. Well, really quick, what, what color hair and eyes do you have? That's, that helps me find you. I'm a brunette, and I have hazel eyes. Hazel, is that green-brown to you or green-blue? Ah, green-blue. Green-blue and, and brown hair. Really kind of gray, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, the first thing, I, and this has to be um, broad because otherwise if I get into some of the stuff you're going into, but you do have blue in your aura, sweetie, and blues are very intuitive and psychic. Um, um, so listen to your own intuition, but I'll tell you what I'm actually getting from you. You've got some violet in your outer bands, and we're in a violet age right now. Violets are getting squeezed as a wake-up call to make changes to actually live the life that you came here to do as opposed to just going on treadmill and doing them, doing and doing and doing and doing. And by the way, I feel like this is not the first time you've been in drama or struggled with other people. Um, you know, trying to, I feel like you're getting a wake-up call. That's the bottom line of what I'm going to say about changing your life. One, listening to your intuition. Two, living your life either in a different location or a different lifestyle of what it is you came here to do instead of trying to fit in. Does that make sense to you when I say that? It's absolutely a wake-up call, and I, I'm just trying to transition with as much grace as possible. Um, and I am big, moving towards those things that you said, for yeah, sure. Yeah, just what I was hearing is, like, I feel like you need a change. And it's been, uh, here's the deal with, you've got Violet in your outer bands. Violet's first hear this little inner voice inside going, I'm not happy. I know I need to do something else. I know I need to change my life. And if you don't listen to those, that inner voice, the wake-up call gets louder. And it can be involved in health. It can be involved in people around you. It could be involved in your work. Do you understand anything to get it louder to listen to? You know that you came here to do something else. You can do it. You've just got to follow your own guidance. And then, and then a tool is listen to what you would say to other people about this, how you, you would get them to move forward, and listen to your own words of wisdom because you're probably talking to yourself too. Does that make sense? Okay. It does. And you're absolutely and, 100% right. One other thing I'm here to say to you with that violet in your or even though I don't, I, anyway, be careful not to get stuck in the drama. Violets can get very dramatic, even though I get you've got more blue in there. They can get very dramatic, and if you get stuck in the drama, that just shows me that you're afraid that you can't live your future vision. You can't live your true life purpose. You have fear about that. So then violets create or get stuck in drama as a way to distract themselves. So breathe. Don't get stuck in the drama. Get the big picture of what you want to see happening, where you really feel like you're drawn, and then head in that direction. Do not get caught in the drama. I'm working on it, and I so appreciate the encouragement. I'll remember your words. 
Yeah. Jean, yeah, thank you for calling. And you, I want to suggest you go to orcolors.com, read up a little bit about Violet, and consider having a reading with Pam Osley. Both our callers had things to say that are important for everyone to hear. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, she's got a bunch of other colors in there too, sweetie. We 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 need a conversation if you want. If yep. you want, I I don't push people to have readings from me. I just want to be able to help. I'll I'll do that. I'll push. Jean, call her, get a reading. All right. <laughs> Before we end, uh, we've got a couple of minutes left. I wanted to ask you, you said we were in a violet age, and I, and I thought that was an interesting thing I picked up on. What, what does that mean for us at this time, uh, especially in 2020? What does it mean to well, be in a really violet quickly, age? We've started moving into the indigo age, so let me just put it in this order. We, in the 50s, we were in the blue age, meaning that aura color takes precedence over the thinking. In the 50s, it was the Blue Age. Mom stayed home, baked cookies, and father knew best. Okay, that's very blue. All right, blues want marriage and home and family, all that. We shifted in the mid-60s. We started the, started the shift into the, into the Violet Age. Violets are peace and harmony on the planet. Um, global wake-up call. They're much more sexual and passionate than a, a blue is. Blues are very loyal, monogamous, committed. Violets are troublemakers, so the music scene. Peace and Harmony on the Planet, Get Out of Vietnam, The Beatles, Elvis. All that was to shake us up. Global Harmony, we got to change the world, right? That's all Violet. Um, Violets are here to change the planet, to wake people up, very, you know, consciousness. Now, we started the shift just recently into the indigo age. And indigos tend to be very androgynous. They're very sensitive. They're very psychic. They can be. Michael Jackson had a lot of indigo. He was indigo with violet. Indigos, um, it's not about male, female, gay, straight, black, white. They're here to show us how to live in harmony soul to soul. It's not about categorizing or you know, breaking things open. So that's why all the LGBT stuff is up right now. The, the non-sexual, it's, I'm not male or female, I'm them. I'm he, that's all indigo energy. So we're moving into that. And by the way, a lot of indigos, Indigos, you can't control them by um, guilt, pressure, rewards. They're very inside. It's very much about they live from their own consciousness. So a lot of indigos right now are being quali- uh, classified as um, not just androgynous, but um, uh, what's the one? Where um, doggone autistic? It. And, autistic, thank you. They're being I, declared as autistic, and they're being put on yeah. medication, and there's something wrong with them. And I go, most of wow. them are indigos. So if you could learn to live, you know, and they're psychic. And so anyway, starting to understand indigos is a good way to help them, not just institutionalize them or drug them. Thank you, Pam Pam Osley. It's been a delight, as always, to have you you with us. Thank you. Thanks for letting me. I mean, do you understand there's so much to discuss right now? That means we'll have you on again soon. We're going to have you on soon. That's right. We will call you again. We'll have you on as quickly as we can. Thank you so much. Thanks. I, 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 right. really, I really love working with you guys. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Thank you. And Jupiter Rising is up next on AM 1150. Thanks for joining us today. We'll be back next Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific, for the next edition of Manson Mitchell. Have a great weekend, everyone. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.